Have you ever had a whirlwind romance? Oh, to be swept off our feet. Feel that instant connection that comes with love at first sight. But most of us know it's really just lust. And often lust can come to an abrupt and sometimes tragic end. I've often heard that for the first 18 months of a relationship, you're really dating the person's representative, the person they want to be, the person that they want you to think that they are. But when we find that special someone and the ruse slowly melts away, oftentimes we're still left with the feeling of love. We see each other's faults and flaws and still want to be together. But what happens when the person that you are with isn't just hiding normal flaws? After all, they could be hiding something far more sinister. They could be hiding the fact that deep down inside, they're evil. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hi, I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster, and I have Jeff back here with me today. Hey, everybody. Dahlia Mohammed was raised in a religious home in New York. A sweet, bubbly, beautiful child I didn't see many troubling situations in Dahlia's youth, but I did read in at least one source that she witnessed her father abuse her mother as a child. When Dahlia was 13, the family moved to Boynton Beach, Florida. Dahlia's father was Egyptian, her mother Peruvian, and Dahlia grew to be a slender woman with beautiful green eyes and long dark hair. When Dahlia was 18, When Dahlia was 18, her mother did file for divorce. She believed that her husband was having an affair. He moved away from the family to Maine. It seems the family of four, Dahlia and her two younger siblings and her mother, did well on their own. Dahlia attended college and worked like children from most middle-class families do. Dahlia even met someone, an architect, and moved out west. I can't find much about their marriage, except that Dahlia's ring supposedly cost $40,000, and the marriage ended in divorce, with Dahlia returning to Florida and obtaining her real estate license. I'm only assuming that the real estate business wasn't as busy as Dahlia would have liked, because she was working for an escort service on the side. And this is how Dahlia met Mike DiPolito. Mike DiPolito is an attractive, muscular man whom, from his own account, worked hard starting at the bottom. Mike wanted to live a life with a good amount of money and nice things. But the things that Mike had done to get there were not always on the up and up. Mike was arrested on drug charges in 1993 And in 1997, he was arrested again for offering an undercover sheriff's deputy $15 for sex. Wow. Really highballed that one. Mike ended up working as a telemarketer for a company who was scamming its clients. 
I don't know if he knew about this scam until the investigation was done by police and the company exposed, but he definitely looked at the get-rich-quick scheme and thought it was a great opportunity. He started his own company, not just one, but two companies. Mike was persuading people to invest in foreign currency, and he kept their money. People would wire money to the companies, these fake companies, and not realize that they had been scammed until the companies didn't return their calls and the risk-free investment that they were promised did not come through. Mike stole about $200,000 from people in the course of 11 months. But Mike was living it up. Fancy hotel rooms, clothes, jewelry. He spent 6000 on pay-by-the-minute chat rooms. You know, like psychics and phone sex. Mike pleaded guilty and was charged with organized fraud, grand theft, and unlicensed telemarketing. Did you know you had to have a license to telemarket? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. The psychics must not have been very good that he was talking to. Well, it's too bad she didn't tell him because Mike got caught and spent two years in prison for his offense. He was ordered to pay $192,000 in restitution and was given 28 years probation. I never even heard of that long of a probation time before. So I heard him talk about this, and it does seem like an extremely long time, but I kind of get the impression that they were doing that as a favor to him. Like they gave him 28 years probation to give him time to pay back all that restitution. So what happens if you only have five years probation and that restitution? If you don't complete that before your probation's up, will you go back to jail? I don't know. I didn't look into that. I've never been on probation. <laughs> well, I've never had to pay restitution for anything me, either. Me so. either. Hmm, interesting. When Mike was released, he had to start all over again at the bottom. He started working at a restaurant, but eventually he found his break at a company either owned or managed by a friend. He was given this opportunity and he flourished. He worked his way up from the bottom and eventually started his own legitimate seeming business He tried his best to stay away from drugs that had plagued him in the past and off police radar. Mike and his wife seemed to be living a good life, but everything Mike did was still not on the up and up. Mike's wife went out of town and Mike contacted an escort service. And this is how Mike DiBolito enter meant Dahlia Dahlia Muhammad in 2008. From most accounts, the romance between the two was fast, intense, and perfect. I wouldn't really expect the courtship with an escort to be slow. You would think it would be, you know, quick, fast, furious. Well, Mike was convinced Dahlia was the love of his life. I mean, how could you not? So much that he even divorced his wife and was married to Dahlia only five days Mm. after Mm. the divorce was final. I mean, I don't know how that can't just end in true eternal happiness. And he married her with an engagement ring that cost somewhere in the ballpark of $20,000. She really uh, commands the market in the uh, engagement ring category. Right. $40,000, $20,000. Maybe that's like a uh, kind of like an insurance policy. Well, I mean, that's what engagement rings are. But, I mean, just in case it doesn't work out. 
Right. I got this big fat juicy ring over here. I think it's really for like if your husband dies, you're supposed to have like a really big fat juicy ring. Hmm. I don't know. There's history like that behind rings. I don't think people so much do that anymore. I remember actually there was a, a local jewelry store that was doing like a uh, an engagement ring sale that came with a contract where like if the wedding did not go through, that the ring had to be returned to wow. the purchaser. I don't think that really took off, though. Right. <laughs> it's like a pre-prenup. She didn't want those rings, right? It's a prenup before the nup. But he didn't only gift her the expensive engagement ring. He also gifted her a Mercedes. Mm. And he purchased a $225,000 townhome outright. Well, he must have been doing very well. It does sound like... They were leading a very nice life that he was really making some good, legitimate money, hopefully. So Dahlia definitely seemed to have it made. I read that she spent her days getting her hair done, tanning, working out, and she still did the real estate thing, I think kind of like on a part-time level. But gave up the escort gig. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she was right. doing the escort thing anymore. <laughs> the couple really settled into a routine and even got a couple of dogs together. Bella and Linguini. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I assume... So, Mike is has like an Italian heritage. He does, yeah. So, I assume that that's where those names come from. Who the hell names are dog Linguini? I think it's really cute. It better be really like... Like, a, my next dog might be named Linguini. It better be like a really long, like, skinny dog. Michael wanted to pay off his remaining restitution, you know, so that he was able to get off probation. Supportive Dahlia had a plan to help him. She was going to pay $91,000, and he would pay the remaining $100,000. So that's... So I don't understand. It sounds like he just spent... Like, almost half a million dollars in the last, like, two weeks. I also thought about that. <laughs> <You> I mean, <laughs> I feel like I would probably... He didn't, like, at least throw a little chunk? ...to get off probation <laughs> a little... Well, I think he had been paying it for a long time, but I'm not sure he was paying, like, that much on it. Like, probably just, like, the required amount. Like, I mean, all he had to do was forego the townhouse. And then he could have just rented something by the month and he could have paid off the whole restitution i mean it makes sense to us that i think we're people that would have i don't know smaller houses and i guess less debt in our lives strange um everybody everybody's got a different way of doing that i guess but anyway she had a plan she would pay ninety one thousand dollars he would pay a hundred thousand dollars they were putting their money together and then they would be able to move on with their lives dahlia wanted to be able to do things like travel and mike's probation prevented him from even leaving the county without permission imagine that though 28 years without being able to leave the county without permission even more reason to pay it off instead of the townhouse that but. seems excessive to me though like if you're gonna let somebody pay a bill over 28 years i think there should be like phases right <laughs> like the first five years maybe you're not allowed right. to leave the county uh, maybe the first eight you're not allowed to leave the state you know what i mean it can kind of or as the as the as amount the, diminishes so can the restrictions. Right. That would make sense, too, because yeah. you wouldn't want to let somebody that owes 100000 maybe leave the country. You'd want to wait until they were, like, maybe down to twenty five. Yeah. I mean, that's rough, though. I mean, your new wife wants to go to, like, Aruba, and you can't even go to, like, the outback in the next, in the next city because... Right. <laughs> so Mike started writing checks to Dahlia. He wrote 12 in total, 
to give her his $100,000 to pair with her $91,000. And they were in agreement that she would wire transfer the money to his lawyer. But strange things were happening. Everything wasn't as happy as the couple wanted or as everything seemed. The police had been called anonymously twice with allegations that Mike possessed drugs. The police searched Mike's car during, as a result of the first call, and they found nothing. But Mike went to go get gas the next day and found cocaine and pills in his gas cap that the police missed during their initial search. <laughs> wow. He did not know what to do. He was on probation. He did not know who put them there. Dahlia, she didn't know anything about it. He asked her. She knew nothing. And he got rid of these drugs because he did not want to be in possession of them. And he couldn't give them to the... I mean, what was he going to do? He was on probation. He had to get rid of them, right? Can you imagine the person that planted them? And then they call the cops. And like, they, what do you mean they didn't find them? <laughs> I <laughs> know, right? They put them right in the goddamn gas cap. But in the second search for the second anonymous call they did find something no, put them in a much easier oh this time they were in the console well <laughs> this time the caller actually directed them <laughs> to the location I, I believe it was the wheel well so like they they actually called and said oh, that there was drugs in the great, wheel well that's great they lost all confidence in the local police and, so they had to give them like a map <laughs> but the police did find the drugs and they did not arrest him wow so he told them that he felt that he was being set up. And Duh. they agreed that they thought he was being set up as well. And right. I mean, I think that they probably took the drugs, let him off with a warning, you know, <laughs> noted it. Kind of awkward. And I don't think that these were like like huge amounts of drugs or anything. Like I got the impression they were like smaller amounts of drugs. It doesn't matter. Anything like that would send you back to prison. Especially on probation. Yeah. yeah I mean... Any type of contact with police is actually bad. Especially but because like, in both instances, really... the drugs were on the outside of the car, right? <laughs> so that makes it look more like somebody is setting them up, right? Like right. they didn't even have the access to the inside of the car. <laughs> and what seemed to me to be the most disturbing instance of the strange occurrences was when Michael found a note on his truck demanding money. The note read, bring $40,000 9.30 a.m. back to this parking space and put it under the car parked behind you. Do not tell anyone, especially your wife. I will tell you that has happened to you, is happening to you, and will happen on Friday. Tell no one, come alone, and it was signed, someone who will help you. Now, don't rewind the podcast and think you missed something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to ask you. That, that does that not make sense. Can you just one more time? Can you, can you say that, <laughs> like the goofy part? Bring 40,000, okay. 9.30 a.m., okay. back car. to this parking right. space and put it under the car parked behind right. you. Now, real slow. Do not tell anyone, <laughs> especially your wife. I will tell you all that has happened to you is happening to you. And will happen on Friday. Tell no one. Come alone. I will tell you what, what has happened. Has to happened. You. Is, is happening, happening to you? Like it is happening. Like what is happening? Has is happened. Happening? Could possibly happen. And it's going to happen on Friday. 
But it's already happened. It does Friday. not make sense. I've, I've really reviewed it. It does not make sense. I think I just like <clears throat> shaking my head and like just tossed this like a parking ticket and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you, if there was a note on my car, I mean, first of all, I don't have $40,000, but if there was a note on my car that said put $40,000 under a car parked behind me, do you know like how terrifying that would be? Like, what if they didn't get the forty thousand dollars? Like, anyone <laughs> could take that forty thousand dollars. Like, what a yeah. horrible place! I don't know. I'm not going to be strong armed by someone with such horrible grammar. <laughs> One, but, <laughs> but I don't believe that Mike did any of that. I think he waited a while. It drove him crazy. Would this not drive you crazy? Like, two people have anonymously called the police on you planted drugs in your vehicle and now somebody is leaving and then left you the most confusing ransom note in the history of crime you know he thought about it a bit and he went to the police and you know what they totally thought that he was paranoid (laughs) um the actual phrase written in his file according to the miami new times was that he appeared overly paranoid expressing extreme concern for his welfare and safety michael in his own words stated i wish whoever this is would just break my car windows or even just shoot me and get it over with already (laughs) which was probably taken a bit out of context i mean i don't know how he meant it i don't know him but i think we as human beings often when we're upset we say like extreme things that we don't mean right i'm sure he didn't want him to shoot him Shoot you, shoot me, will be shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe that. Like, I think if these things happened to me, they would have to write a lot more than I just seemed paranoid because I would be like, I have a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, these things keep happening. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have a dumb stalker, though. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. It might make your stalker more dangerous. I mean, they could be highly dangerous with, I mean, what kind of psychopath talks like that? I don't know. And I would probably wonder, like, what kind of drugs are they on to be writing (laughs) notes like that? I picture it like, I picture it like not written. Like, remember those old ransom notes in the movies where they have like magazine letters cut out? Right, right, right. Yeah, I just kind of pictured it as like a sloppy written, like (laughs) torn piece of paper, like under a a windshield wiper. Possibly in crayon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So another strange thing that happened was Mike's lawyer called him up to tell him the $192,000 wire transfer was never received. Dun, dun, dun. Dahlia was looking into the problem, or at least she said she was, and Mike had no reason to doubt his wife. While Dahlia was working on a solution to get back the couple's money, she told Mike that she found another lawyer that could help, and they set up a meeting. What the hell do I need another lawyer for? Well, I think she just thought that, you know, like, this guy had, like, more information on getting him off of probation, maybe just some other... I don't know. I don't... I don't know. So, (laughs) this lawyer did advise Mike that he should sign over the couple's home to Dahlia. Um, Oh, yeah, this guy's fired. (laughs) This is obviously her lawyer, not my lawyer. Well, he said that she would still need Mike's approval before selling the property, you know, because they were married. There's, like, marital interest or whatever in Mm -hmm. it. 
I honestly don't understand the logic behind this and like why it would help him get off of probation. I'm assuming some sort of asset type thing. I really don't know. But um, the lawyer said it would help. So Mike went ahead and he transferred the property to Dahlia. It was somewhere in this time frame as well that Dahlia let Mike know that she was pregnant with their first child. Hmm. Aw, congratulations, Dahlia. Dahlia went to the gym on the morning of August 5th, 2009, like she often did. But this is the day that she would receive a call from police stating that there had been a situation at her residence and she needed to return home immediately. It was in the street in front of the couple's residence that an officer let Dahlia know that someone had broke into the couple's home and shot her husband twice in the head. Hmm. Dahlia immediately broke down in the street. In a video that would go viral on YouTube, police escorted her to the station and they started asking Dahlia questions such as, do you know anyone that would want to hurt your husband? And they actually had a black male in custody. They brought him in and asked Dahlia if she could identify him, but she had never seen him before in her life. And by the way, you should look up this video to watch it, everybody out there, because it's definitely something to see. The video of her uh, being told about her husband. But then police dropped a bombshell. They had video evidence of Dahlia hiring the man to kill her husband just the day before. What? Why did they have the video of Dahlia's conversation with the hitman? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) He wasn't a hitman at all. He was actually an undercover police officer. And the whole thing was filmed. Mike was still alive watching the whole interview that police had with Dahlia from the next room. Mm. Dahlia's whole marriage had been based on lies. Mike was head over heels with a woman he thought was a sweet, caring, beautiful woman. But deep down, she wanted Mike out of the picture and intended to keep his money. Which she did actually succeed at, according to Mike. He never did get that $100,000 that he was putting towards paying off his restitution back. There were many excuses, many different wire transfers, many different situations that Dahlia presented him with, but he never saw that money again. Dahlia had been having a text message-based inappropriate relationship with a man also named Mike. He seemed to be like an ex-boyfriend of hers, and she was telling him how bad she wanted to be with him and have his baby. And newsflash... Dahlia was never pregnant with Mike's baby. It seems that this was the guy that had made those anonymous police calls on her husband. They thought if they got him arrested, his probation, you know, and everything, he would be in big trouble. (laughs) They could be together with his house and his money. They failed at every interval. (laughs) So they decided to up the ante. (laughs) This this is true. (laughs) So here is the kicker. He was the lawyer. You know, the one whose advice to Mike was to sign over the house to Dahlia. 
<laughs> not at all a real lawyer that was just, you know, like her backup guy. When Dahlia failed at getting Mike arrested, she contacted her ex-lover, Mo. She asked Mo if he knew someone who would be willing to kill her husband. Mo seemed bothered by her want to kill him, but he did not refuse to help her. What he did do was wait for her to leave, say he would help her, he didn't really think it was a great idea, and then he like went right to police and told them. God bless Mo. I know, right? I feel like this was like so brave. Right. The one guy who wasn't just bewildered by her. And like I did not see anything where people were like, Thank God for Mo. Like Mo saved Mike's life. Like Mo totally saved Mike's life. And Mo was afraid for his safety in this because of a few characters like I didn't mention. There was like some gang member characters just kind mm. of unimportant to the story but just kind of floating around he was a little bit nervous he went to police he reported her but the police um you know they didn't have like any evidence and they were not willing to like look into it unless like mo agreed to help them eventually mo did agree to help they talked him into putting a small camera in the back of his car he recorded a conversation that he had with dahlia Mo basically told Dahlia that he had found someone to complete the hit. She brought pictures of her husband. You know what? I want to make it clear here. She did not just bring a picture. She brought like multiple pictures. She brought like a Kodak envelope from like the Our Photo Lab place of like headshots of her husband. Yeah, you can totally watch that video online too. And she paid him to start setting up the hit. So now police had video evidence that shocked them because this like a beautiful, petite, skinny girl was not anyone that they were expecting to put a hit out on her husband. And very casual about it as well. Oh, yeah. They later described it like her husband, Mike, described it as like she ordered a hit on him and like a cheese sandwich (laughs) because like she was just so emotionless. She was just like, yeah, like kill him. Like I just... I just want him dead. Yeah, she, I didn't, even, she didn't say you know, those She didn't words. even seem like, if it was someone that, that would, was like being abused or they would at least be like emotional in that regard, like getting kind of worked up just talking about it, you know, about how much maybe they hate this person or how like how terrible their life is because of, but here she was again, you know, it's just, I just can't do it. And she did like allege that he abused her at some point. I believe, I'm not 100%, I believe she actually like recanted that and said that he was actually just like really sweet and really loving. His first wife, even though he left her for an escort, still says that he was like a great husband. He was super loving. She didn't even try to kill him. So, and you know, he had had suspicions that she had stole his money, right? Like the almost 200,000 restitution money that they were going to pay. And it seems like he had actually like forgiven her for that. Like if there was any reason to abuse somebody, I'm not saying there is, nobody should ever abuse anybody, but that would make you lose it, right? If like somebody stole $200,000. Like your wife? Right. <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess 100,000 of it was his, but yeah, still, still, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. I'm not sure. See, I mean, I guess you, you know more about that I do, but I almost thought it was like, she didn't feel like she'd be able to get out of that or like explain it away the lost money so that's why she tried to have him killed so i really get that impression as well but i think she also really wanted the house 
People did also say that she really hated like his routines and just for basically no reason, just hated the man, even though he was great to her. There was actually also an instance where she had gave Mike like some sort of iced tea, like from somewhere like Tim Hortons is an example. Like she ordered iced tea from a Tim Hortons and brought it to Mike and he took a sip and he spit it out because it tasted so disgusting. And it's believed that she actually dumped part of the drink out without him looking and replaced it with an odorless, tasteless antifreeze and attempted to poison him. From that one sip, he thinks that he was sick for about three weeks. She really seemed to want his house and his money. Well, obviously, she hired a guy to be a fake lawyer to get her name on it. So cops had her on video setting up the hit with Mo. They had her paying Mo, but there was only one more step. She had to meet with the actual hitman. So they found an officer who they felt fit the profile of what Dahlia would expect a hitman to look like, a muscular, handsome black man, and he played the part really well. He asked her if she was sure she wanted the hit completed. He reminded her that she could not change her mind. She told him that she was 5,000% sure and that she was not the sweet, weak girl that she appeared to be. 5,000%. 5,000. That's a lot. And there's like a video out there where they're just talking about this. I mean, there's so many videos on this case where they're just talking about this and they're talking about ordering the hit. And like everything that people say, they're like, I'm 5,000% sure. And it's, it's really hilarious. I felt like that conversation was really casual too. It was like she did this like every other week. To set up hitman jobs. It did seem really casual for sure. His goal, like one of his goals, was to like give her an opportunity to back out. Right. Because he was a police officer and he was trying to set this up perfectly, like make sure that she was really, really going to go through. No, with but this. she was ready to just hand him the payment and she was. <laughs> like every time he said anything indicating, like, are you sure? Like this is a really big deal, blah blah blah. She was like, Absolutely. Like she was firm about it. She was like, I want this done. Yeah, and I think that he eventually like gave her the dollar amount and she just handed it right over. Is he like a down payment or something, wasn't it? No, she had given Mo the down payment the day before. Oh, right. So, like, she actually I remember her handing money that was him. Yeah. So, like, she actually told him that she did not bring any more money. She was supposed to bring money, but that she would give it to him after the hit was completed. Now she's making... I know. Ballsy, man. And she was really like, you know where I am. This guy murders... Like, I can't rip you off. This guy murders people people for for a living. living. (laughs) Like... Well, I mean, she thought, but really, he saves people for a living because he's a cop, right? (laughs) I'd probably think you want to have his money. No fear. I think you want to have his money. Even if I wanted someone dead, which I would never want anybody dead, but even if I did, I think I would be, like, so afraid to talk to a hitman. (laughs) Like, like, what if they just got mad at me? Like, do they just kill me? I feel like I I would be let down. By meeting the hitman, like, after all the movies and everything. You would like, think he was, like, some huge, muscular badass, and he'd really right, just, or like, just, like, puny He'd have, like, a black-on-black black suit with, like, a black tie, and he shows up in, like, you know, gym shorts and a tank top. Right. <laughs> like, 
Like, but maybe they don't. Like, maybe they don't. Maybe they totally put on all that because they know people expect that, right? Like, they have to play the part. <laughs> right. It's like that is their uniform for work. How do you get into that line of work? I mean, I don't oh, know. So on the morning that the hit was supposed to occur, Dahlia had gone to the gym, right? She had packed up all of her jewelry to take with her to the gym <laughs> because she was afraid that the hitman, I mean, he's a hitman, right? She was afraid he might, like, rob her. my God. So, like, she packed up all of her jewelry and, like, took it to the gym. So, it was that morning while she was at the gym that police showed up at their house and banged on the door to wake up Mike. A shirtless Mike, who probably hadn't even had a cup of coffee yet, (laughs) came to the door and almost fell backwards when police told him he had to come to the station because his wife had paid a hitman to kill him. Right now. And they were like, be calm. Like in the video, like you watch it on video, everything's on video in this thing. They're like literally like, be calm. That is probably the most shocking news he's ever had in his life. Like, like, who sent you guys? Did Billy send you? (laughs) Like it's a joke or something. So they whisked him off to the police station to wait, and they created a fake crime scene at their home. And then they called Dahlia while she was at the gym to inform her that, you know, there had been a situation at the house. So this whole scene was filmed by the cast of cops who just happened to be in town. Thank God. (laughs) So they had them in the background because, like, they couldn't, like, have them as, like, the people from the TV show Cops. So they had them, like, dress, like, normal. I don't know how they normally dress. I don't really watch that show. But they had them, like, behind the crime scene tape, like, right. well, like the footage, as if they were the media. The footage looks like the dude is kind of, like, hidden a little bit. So the strange part is that the police actually, like, uploaded this video, the footage of, like, her crying, like, her being told her husband is dead. And she just starts wailing uncontrollably. Instantly. Which we think is, like, really really just like fake fake because <laughs> you would think it would take you a minute like if somebody told me my husband was dead i think i would i think i mean you can never know I first that. you would quite like what are you sure like, are like, you, yeah like my husband like are you sure it's my husband like are you sure and then I as it starts to, to like two hours ago right like, he was fine. as it starts to set in and that's when you would start, probably start to break down but she just like it was almost like they didn't even finish the sentence yet <laughs> right and she was like literally like on the officer so much he was like holding her off of him Oof. she's like trying to bury her face in his chest and he's like pushing her back probably thinking not an academy award worthy experience so they uploaded that to youtube as soon as they got back to the station and they did receive like a lot of backlash for that like that was an open investigation they didn't get in like big trouble for it or anything um like it but people people were saying, like, you know, you need to do better. Like, don't <laughs> right. do that. Like, this isn't, like, entertainment. Right. You as know, fake as is it is, even if it's not fake, then now you're life. kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Dahlia immediately claimed she did not do anything. Like, as soon as they told her, your <laughs> husband is alive and we are going to arrest you Wasn't for me. solicitation of murder. Wasn't me. She immediately <laughs> said... I didn't do anything. And I mean, it is over and over in this pretty obnoxious, I'm not going to lie, 
voice. Just, I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, I'll probably get the audio and like clip that in here later. I didn't do anything. It's, it's really kind of extreme because, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about her defense in a minute. So she actually called Mike from jail and told Mike she didn't do anything, <laughs> asked for his help. And he actually said, sure, I'll help you. And he like, he, he said like later, like, I do feel kind of bad for her. Like, not that she did this. I just kind of feel bad for her. He was like, I, I will help you if you sign my house back over to me. <laughs> and you know what she said? No. No. <laughs> like, what? Well, what are you going to do with the house from prison? She's going to need to sell it to bankroll her defense. <laughs> she actually went through three trials. Her defense was that Michael, Moe, and herself had all concocted this like elaborate plan. They were like, she knew she was being videotaped. Like everyone knew that there was cameras and videotapes and they were making these videos to get on reality TV. So it was like her audition tape. Airtight. Absolutely airtight. You know, because like if people told me, like if the like legit cops told me like my husband was dead and I had been like making reality tapes where i was like taking a head out on my husband i wouldn't have, I, I would immediately be like hold on hold on something's gone wrong we were doing this and what are you sure like was what just happened was i really making like this was supposed to be fake like somebody did something you know what i mean like you wouldn't just be like i didn't do anything you know reality tv mm. <laughs> audition, who makes audition tapes for a reality TV? I don't know how it works. I don't even watch reality TV, so I don't. I hardly watch any TV. I, I might want to start time. after this. I mean. So, um, so the first trial, she was found guilty, but she got a new trial on a technicality. I guess her lawyer had previously represented one of the officers. I think it might have actually been the officer that was posing as the hitman. I'm not positive. Um, but he had previously represented one of the officers involved in the whole thing, like years prior. She claimed she had no idea. The lawyer said she actually did know and like said like it was okay if he represented her. Um, she said if she had known that, she would not have wanted the lawyer to represent her. I hmm. personally think that this was like a tactic on her part. It could have been. Like, I didn't know that would be grounds for like a mistrial though, or or to get a new trial. Yeah, she got a new trial because of it. Hmm. Um, the second was actually like a hung jury. So what I thought was weird about that is I didn't know that they had six-person juries. I thought it was always 12. I don't even remember how many people were on the jury. No, well, like, and that thing we watched, we watched that we watched that thing about it, and it said... I did uh, not pick up on that. It was said it was three and three. Really? Yeah. I was on a jury once, and I have no idea how many people were on it. <laughs> it was definitely more than six, though. It must have been 12. I always thought it was 12. Maybe it's different in different states. Could be. If, you know, I would think that that would be like federal court, but maybe it was uh, not yet in federal court. I don't know. And then the third trial, she was found guilty and she was sentenced to 20 years, minus the time that she had already served. Now, the time that she had already served was actually like eight years on house arrest. And she did, like, an interview with 2020. And they, they counted that as time served? They did. Wow. I was, like, floored by that. Like, how did how does that happen? Like, you were, like, living in your house. She actually got pregnant during that time because she was on house arrest, right? She could have visitors. She just couldn't leave. Did she ever actually go to jail then? 
She's in, she's there now. Okay. She's expected to be released in like 2032. Hmm. Um, so she did. So she, she got like 12 go years. And she did have the baby um, while she was on house arrest. She got pregnant while on house arrest by a totally different man. Had the baby. And um, I guess now her goal in jail, she's like super religious. <laughs> and really lives by the Bible. I feel like when people want to be more manipulating, they always use religion. And I'm religious. I'm not dogging religion. But it is a crutch for manipulating people. Well, it's also like you can't, I don't know, it's something like a shield to hide behind. Like Right. I mean, it makes you look like a better person. Like, God's forgiven me. Why can't you? <laughs> so in prison, you know, she's super religious, really just trying to be really good mannered and just make the most of her time. And um, she's trying to, you know, know the child that she gave birth to while she was on house arrest. Which people do um, think was actually like a ploy to get less prison time. That she got pregnant purposely. Probably. To I try mean, to get a sympathy. she's a calculating, conniving, cold hearted <laughs> snake. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. I mean, it seems like everything that she did, she definitely intelligent. You know, because I mean, it seems to me like she probably did know that about the lawyer and she totally thought, oh, yeah, I'll let you represent me. But if it goes wrong, I'm going to use that. You know, like. Oh, that's a pretty obscure. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. Like if just the, the whole situation, if, if that lawyer represented someone else involved in the case. I mean, it's just a conflict of interest, right? How? Like, I don't see how. Well, because they're on two different sides of a court case. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, I don't know. I would think that just, I don't, I don't know, that it just wouldn't be questioned. Like a lawyer should be beyond that ethically, I would think. To well, years later, I think that sure they should be, but I think really no one ever is. I mean, hell, there's only so many people in the world. There's only so many lawyers. Somebody's gonna have to cross paths eventually. Anyway, yeah, maybe. Mike actually has met another girl. Um, has fallen in love. They're engaged. I think he's waiting a little bit longer before he gets married this time. Um, she's done some interviews with him. She seems like a really nice girl. They all do, though, so be careful, Mike. But <laughs> hopefully this will work out much better than for him. You know, That's hopefully good. he will get his happily ever after that he has been looking for, even though he has a bad past that doesn't make him unworthy of love. All saints have a past. <laughs> all sinners have a future, right? You know, I also heard on the street that uh, Dahlia now goes by D-Money. Is this for real? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. He always does this to me. you think I would know. Don't forget to tune in to next week's episode, which is going to be a historical episode on the Ohio State Reformatory. Me and Mandy are going next weekend to do our paranormal tour, so we should have an extra bonus episode put out for you during the week, just letting you know about our experience there. Thanks for listening, and remember, evil people are everywhere, and sometimes they're super pretty. <laughs> take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. 
If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.